0: ECU, do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo, on 94.3 the game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 943TheGame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo.
1: Alright, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 the game. It is Tuesday. It is October 31st, Halloween. It just dawned on me, this is a Halloween edition of the show. It's spooky season. Unfortunately, very spooky for ECU football right now. (laughs) 1-7. It's tough. It's a uh, tough, tough grind. We are streaming early today because it is our Tuesday show. And in season, that means we got the Mike Houston Press Conference coming up at 1130. So in order for us to be there... We've got to go early, stream early. If you're listening on the radio, we are live at 12 noon as always. But If you listen to our stream, we're on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. If you got a question, a comment, concern, thoughts, uh, re- something to report, let us know. Complaints. Complaints. Let us know. That is the voice of Joey Football, Joe Sampson. Joe? Welcome back into the Hoist the Colors Lounge. Unfortunately, another Losers Lounge edition <laughs> as uh, East well, Carolina comes short again. Yeah,
2: East Carolina Losers Lounge. Yeah, we're we winners. Went, we went 3-0 and as that an is NFL true. fandom this weekend, which is not talked about enough.
1: The Broncos, who I represent, the Jets, who you represent, Super Bowl contenders, and the Carolina Panthers, who Philip Pilkington represents, all won. Hey, now. Three and O fellows, I mean this is this is 100 percent the only time this is going to happen this season, so let let's let's relish this, but this was an awesome weekend, Philip, you were in you were in Bank of America, right? I was, and
3: you know what's the really funny thing is there's some combination of us all doubting each other's teams. <laughs> yeah. I doubted Joe's Jets. Joe doubted my Panthers. I doubted your Broncos. I, I mean, know.
1: Everybody should doubt the well,
2: Broncos against yeah. the Chiefs. I understand yeah. what you're saying, but I, I doubted them spread wise. It was like, this is either going to be a win by 10 or we're losing by 40. Like, I wasn't yeah, true. saying I didn't believe in the Panthers. I was close. It was 15-14. 15-13. 15-13. So, like, the spread, if it's not three, is, yeah. is well within reach. It was a true pick em true
3: it was and no it was so cool to be there because you know Musa Muhammad Julius Peppers went in the ring of honor so that was cool to
2: see Um, Luke Keekly almost broke the drum yeah
3: I don't know if you guys saw it did you guys watch the end of the Panthers game
2: uh,
1: I saw them like it's in honest. like eighteen different field goals. Yeah, so that's that's the no. part I'm talking okay. about. So
3: you know they were intentionally like jumping off sides, and the officials kept killing the play because it was like that unappealed to the quarterback rule. Right, and they were rightfully killing the play. You know, they came in, whistles blowing. like they didn't like throw the flag and they go back and go, oh, by the way, and like the people were losing their mind. Like there was some lady behind me asking them to throw the red flag and challenge it, and I'm like, you can't do that. Well, how can, can you challenge it's a play that didn't happen? And also, we were inside two minutes. But I know she probably doesn't know that rule. But, like, uh, it was just... uh. So we used to have – I'm not going to go on a long rant. I know this game is not of the fantasy. But we used to have seats, and they built a field box, and they've moved our seats. Mm. The people around us were all-season ticket holders and pretty educated football fans. I didn't hear the dumb comments. Now we're around new people every week, and I just hear the tomfoolery. Like, we'll get four yards on first down, and somebody's like, why are we running the ball on first down? And it's like to open up the playbook. You shut just up, got dude. four yards, dude. Yeah. Like, Second chill and six. out. Yeah. Uh, I could go on and on. I won't. I won't. No, No, I I
2: didn't see the end of your game. I was too busy watching Zach Wilson with 20 seconds left after he got the ball after we punted away. Speaking of
1: kickers and former Panther kickers, Graham (laughs) Gano missing the chip shot field goal, which gave the Jets life. Look, sometimes when you are a Super Bowl contender like the Jets, (laughs) you got to get a little lucky. And there's no doubt they got lucky. But, Joe, they took advantage of it.
2: Yeah, they don't ask you how it happened. They ask how many at the end of the season. How many wins did you take And We're four and three. The New York Jets are four and three. You know who else is four and three? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are four and three. Two teams that shouldn't be in the same conversation. That's true. We're we're sitting here with different records and talking about that the Jets are in a legitimate playoff hunt without Aaron Rodgers.
1: Y'all want to know who else is in the playoff hunt? Yeah, go ahead. The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. After beating the Kansas City Chiefs, they're three and five. They're three and five. They are. Like one more win away from legitimately being in the hunt, yeah. And unfortunately, they have a bye. Well, fortunately, they have a bye, so I can enjoy this win, right? Yeah. And then they did. go to Buffalo Monday Night Football. So, <laughs> but, but we,
2: we have to fly all the way to SoFi. And um, go playing that. There's a path, guys. Not to turn
1: this into an NFL show, but we're delaying the East nah, talk as long as possible. Punt it. The Broncos play the Bills, but then they play Vikings at home. Kirk Cousins, okay, out, done. Browns at home.
2: Can't score
1: at the Texans. I mean, that is a pass. That's that's a legitimate run. And if you get to six and six, that is a legitimate. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs?
2: Team. I mean, the Raiders are terrible. Yeah, the Chargers are worse. Chargers are badly
3: coached. They're a good team. Yeah, Yeah, Staley's a moron. But
2: if Brandon Staley loses games twenty-eight twenty-seven, yeah, and he loses six games, it's still six losses.
3: They should have never fired Mari Schottenheimer. He should still be oh, okay. At Ninety-five right. years old. Whoa.
2: Let's let's just throw Bring Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer out of retirement back as well into the retirement home where he belongs. <laughs> I'm still hurt about it.
3: Fourteen and two, and he gets fired.
1: Look, guys. Anthony
2: Lynn wasn't that bad a coach. I
1: have to He wasn't. Different things. We uh, we're all fired up because our NFL teams won, and we're going to enjoy. it. And we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it on a Friday show for sure. 100 uh, percent for our picks. I guess let's talk ECU now. This is Hoist the Colors. Um, we already got a couple comments on East Carolina. I assume William Landon says, any chance of an injury update? He could be asking about a New York Jets injury update. So keep us up to date. What's going on with the Jets injury update?
2: Connor McGovern has a dislocated kneecap. Former Bronco. Um, Wilson, the D-tackle, is out with a broken leg for the rest of the season. They're unsure about the second... Center going on IR or not, we're trying to determine that now. Uh, I mean, injury update obviously, Kirk Cousins towards yeah. Achilles, he's out. That's really all I have, Jets wise. Uh, and Randall Cobb was a healthy scratch, so no injury there. Cole Hardman muffed a punt for you guys, so that he had did. to injure the Appreciate hearts that. of the Chiefs. Uh, but that's why Xavier Gibson was returning punts for the New York Jets. Um, I mean, you you probably have way more information on the injury update than I do, Mr. PFF.
1: There's a, a lot of uh, injury updates for Oh, ECU. Brady
2: Jarrett also, torn ACL for the Falcons. Uh, there That's you why go. Contavia Street was traded to the Eagles.
1: I want to talk about, before we completely move on from the Broncos. Mm. If you go to Pro Football Focus.
2: Tell him I go.
1: And Joe, you're looking at this. If you look at the very
2: top. I know exactly what we're looking at. You tell him
1: The number one graded defensive player for the Denver Broncos is Jaquan McMillan former ECU pirate former teammate of Joe Sampson an 82.1 defensive grade which is pretty close to elite now he hasn't played as many snaps as a lot of these guys but still 223 defensive snaps not the smallest or not the smallest sample size in the world and first NFL pick Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes. Why are you testing our boy Jaquan McMillan <laughs> Trying to throw the Travis Kelsey, you got to know that if you got the nickel back, Jaquan shadowing Travis Kelsey, you can't get the ball it's, by him. It's dead play. I mean, that what a what a stupid decision. His Pat Mahomes, handle is the Island. Uh, yeah, I mean it's
2: Island Twenty One.
1: And he proved if you're going to put Travis Kelsey on Island Twenty One, you're going to get picked. You're going to get picked off. And uh, sauce, six,
2: Jaquan McMillan, two best guy.
1: corners in the league. Same guy. Six tackles, two TFLs. By the way, mm. they threw a little screen pass. You know what he did? He said dead. Swim move to the receiver. That's the Coach Ellis exclusive. And then got that TFL, forced a field goal. I'm going
2: to be honest, though. I ran that play a couple times in practice. He, he hit me hard. I was like, I don't miss that. Taquam and yeah, he, he laid that guy out. I was like, I've, I've been on the other end of that.
1: I mean, for a small dude, he, he just knows how to tackle, man. He knows how to hit.
3: So, I go, last Bronco corner with multiple TFLs in a game and an interception.
1: Do You know who it is? I do because he's okay. my favorite Broncos corner of all time, yeah. Champ Bailey. Yeah, I was
2: about to say Champ. It's been a long
3: time since somebody's done that. So he re- he did a feat that has not been done since at least twenty thirteen. I don't yeah, know when. Special Champ company.
1: There. I mean, that is elite elite company. the that, young guys. That's the thing, man. And he always played outside corner at ECU. Yeah, ECU didn't really have the nickel. No, back.
2: We, we don't run a lot of nickel or dime sets. Yeah. like that.
1: but we always knew he kind of had to transition in NFL. The smaller mm. corners play the nickel and. It took us some time. Last year, he played more outside corner for Denver, and I think this year, with the you know Vance Joseph coming in new new defensive staff, they were like, "All right, man, you got to transition to corner yeah. or nickel." Well,
2: he really made it because of special teams, yeah. And then they were like, "Okay, that we and trust him."
1: He's just been good, man. Yeah. So happy for Jaquan. All right, William says for ECU football uh, for injury mm-hmm. update. Okay, uh, I figured so. All right, so no, sh- it's a fair question. Shane Calhoun confirmed confirmed out for the year we talked about it with coach houston last night on the coaches show uh hurt tough, my heart. tough news man hurt my heart for your guy and uh he successful does have a, surgery though so successful surgery no no mishaps he does have a year of eligibility left but i mean definite blow for this yeah. team i mean just 100%. i hate it um other injury news tegan wilk out for the, for the year season. Omar Rogers, fellow safety. I'm not expecting him back anytime soon. Jv is bond week to week. I think he's going to return to Pratt just somewhat this week, but we'll yeah. see how he goes. Let's see. I don't know what what's going on with Richard Pierce, offensive lineman. He hasn't played in a while. I don't know if he's injured or if that's a non-injury yeah. thing. And there's
2: a lot of guys that went out with injury that came back, so we can't right. confirm anything on that injury update.
1: Like Taylor Jackson got hurt against yeah. USA, but he did he come came back. back. And so, you know, we've seen some of that, but that's kind of where it stands right now, um, as far as what I can think of. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. All right, ECU loses to UTSA, forty-one twenty-seven. Later in the show, we're going to talk about what players we want to see. There's four games left, and four games is kind of the magic number for the red shirt rule. And you know, ECU, you can debate. Look, how important is a red shirt with the portal and all that crap, but. ECU still wants to redshirt and develop players. We'll get into that discussion here in a little bit. But let's let's get your thoughts first on UTSA. I think this is your first time on. Since the game transpired, 41-27 mm-hmm. to 27 was the final. We saw some improvements. We saw some new areas of concern pop up. So what did you kind of make of the game?
2: Well, this is going to anger a lot of people in Pirate Nation. This was the most complete game ECU has played the whole season. I think it was more complete than Michigan. I think the offense – kind of answered the call, was able to sustain drives and keep the defense off the field for a little bit. Yes, you were explosive, but you were able to sustain things and kind of get the defense a break. And there weren't a ton of one play drives. And obviously UTSA is an explosive offense and had like two or three, eight play drives and then a three play drive with the big 69 yard run that goes for it. And And that's the thing that you're facing when you face that kind of High-powered offense. Jeff Traylor was at SMU in 2016, and then he came over to here. And that's just what he's been throughout his entire time. He's just been like that guy, and he was at Texas, and then SMU, and then now he's here. He just brings offense with him. So it's difficult to try and limit them, and especially when they score as much as they do. I think last year they might have been the second-highest scoring offense in the nation by uh, statistic. And then your defense – If you're that aggressive, you're going to get beat on some double moves, on some pump fakes. So I wouldn't say it's a cause for concern. Uh, Blake Harrell does run the third most efficient defense in the nation by the numbers. So I was very impressed that they didn't let that be the swing. The offense wasn't like, okay, game's over. Like, Let's just pack it in, get out of San Antonio and call it a week. They fought till the end, and obviously Coach Houston has to say he's pissed and he's proud of these guys and people don't want to hear the same soundbite but you truly are I mean this is an offense that has been lackluster has been lethargic and looked the part of an actual high-powered offense getting the ball out Jalen Johnson with some great plays kind of creating those drives and doing those things to run game didn't look bad by any means and you don't want to say it was a good loss but it's a better loss than it has been in the past
1: it's just frustrating because it's like where was this against Charlotte I mean, you needed like yeah. a, a, a touchdown to beat Charlotte. Just just one. I mean, just one. Touchdown. Where was this against Rice? Where were the shots downfield? Mm-hmm. Where were you know coming out max protect, throwing the ball downfield, or doing some different things? You know, the screen game. I know at times. Look, I mean, App State. Yeah, App State. I mean, there there were times where Donnie caught up some good screens, and yeah. we didn't execute them well this past weekend. So like, it's not all on play calling either. But I just felt like. I don't know, there was, there was like a more concerted effort offensively to do different things. And it's like, mm. where has this been? And so that that's kind of disappointing because you could have two, three more wins right now if you had that same offense. And I'm not saying they lit the world on fire, but they were no, better.
2: But it's far better than it has been. Yeah, they I were mean, more confident. This is an offense that I think has scored 129 points now within the season, which by breakdown is not great considering one of those games was 10-7. to 7.
1: Yeah, so I mean... it. I do think Alex Flynn looks like the guy. I yeah. mean, and unfortunately, it's taken eight games. But we've seen enough now of Garcia and Flynn.
2: Have Garcia, to start Flynn. Yeah, Garcia.
1: Yeah, you Garcia got his shot, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. I think Flynn is just if you're trying to win games. Flynn's a guy right now.
2: Flynn's a game manager, and he knows how to get the offense going. He knows where to put the ball. He's not going to make dumb mistakes, and, yeah, he's had some turnovers and some clouded things, and that's going to happen. He's a young quarterback, and obviously young is a relative term, but he's limited game experience. He didn't throw his first college pass until this year, but he doesn't seem like the offense is chaotic. Like when Garcia's out there, it seems like people are just kind of trying to find windows and extend plays and make plays because the actual –
1: It just doesn't look right.
2: It's like a symphony almost. Mm -hmm. And I've I've said it before. Offense is like classical music. Defense is like heavy metal. You want to be like a symphony where you're just kind of all moving in unison with the right parts looking like it's a one smooth motion. And that's what it looks like with Flynn. He's under calm. He's just sitting there. He's got no pressure on him as far as he's not supposed to be here. He was never supposed to be here. This wasn't supposed to be the Alex Flynn show. That's what it was never promised to be to him. So he's taking every advantage. And when you play a guy – like that who truly has nothing to lose he's dangerous and you've seen it how he just kind of shows up week in week out
1: we can't do this because we can't go back in time but it and look ecu had to play garcia this year and he may still play um he could still finish out the season we're not sure yeah i mean it's just like but let's say if you could rewind time and go back to the spring and say all right alex you're the starter Mm -hmm. you get every single you know legitimate first team rep and practice and you're going to go into the season as a starter what do you think EC's record would be right now
2: I think you give him two more wins I think Marshall the late game issues still kind of show up because it wasn't Garcia in the offense that was the issue it was the defense on the double move or on the double pass excuse me and then the big run from Ali to kill the clock and really kind of put the nail in the coffin there I don't think there's any difference in Michigan as far as my head goes back. Maybe you hit that first ball to Shane Calhoun on the slot fade, and he kind of scores, and then you're up seven nothing. But I still think you're the game not, yeah, finishes yeah. out thirty to ten, maybe thirty-three to ten, because a swing here, or a swing there, based on a drive. Obviously, you can't go back and predict that. Uh, App State, I think, finishes out the same way because we saw Flynn. Flynn was we did Flynn see Flynn versus start. Rice and App. Yeah, for the so most part. So Flynn. I also think it's different, though, for Rice. I think Rice, you might be able to come away with it because they did go to Garcia against Rice at one point, and you were kind of a little thrown off. So if you're using him in spells like that, maybe you can get him in on the goal line on that package and sneak in that touchdown so you don't drop it. I think it was 28-24. Um, I
1: think you definitely beat Charlotte.
2: I think you definitely beat Charlotte if it's a game because just the way the offense moves and he got – I mean – I don't want to blame Camaro by any means or Mason, but if Flynn completes that pass to Camaro, you're driving and you're it's a 33-yard pickup or something, and then all of a sudden you're in field goal range, you can tie the game, and you're going to win it instead of tie it. Uh, it is a, it's a sloppy game now, so you can't immediately count it yeah. as a win.
1: It's a lot of moving parts, but it's kind yeah, of, a lot of parts.
2: I'd, I'd probably put him at probably three and three and four then with Flynn as a starter, just everything, the way it's gone, and, and how the defense has kind of had to Responding, carry thinks, I don't think you beat SMU. I think SMU is a very good football team, and I think they're going to surprise people next year in the ACC, including myself, Not hurt me to say. But, uh, yeah, probably three and four. I'd give you two more. I'd probably give you Rice, and I'd give you Charlotte. You could steal one away, maybe. The I, one, maybe, yeah. Marshall, if you, if you were like treating it differently than if you were playing behind. But I, I still lean to Marshall. I think Marshall was a more experienced team.
3: So, so my thing, Joe, though, is like – Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but, you know, we, you know, I we kind of brought up the whole, like, Rice was a Flynn game. I think if he's the starter from the beginning, mm-hmm. though, the offense probably flows better in some of these games. I'm not really disagreeing with three and four. That's probably what it is. Right. But, you know, there's some of these games where yeah, maybe the defense folded at the end, like Marshall, but – their time of possession battle is different or the field position battle is different. And that's not a maybe even a Flynn versus Garcia thing. That might just be a true number one starter versus a two-quarterback system that hasn't got their crap together thing. Mm. So right. I think it's at least three wins. Yeah,
2: Maybe. I think I don't know if you score as many points. I think the offense looks better. Yeah, I when
3: sometimes flipping the field is just is right. a winnable drive, and there were I think we have less three and outs. We had mm. twenty first downs this week. That has to be the most first downs we've had in a game, right? Other I'm not <coughs> considering Gardner Webb. I hear it looks like he's got something to say though. So Michael Jones says, uh, "Oh
1: boy, laugh out loud at answering the call, and being thirteen points in offense when the game was in doubt." Joey, being a Jets fan, has his bar for offense. On the ground.
2: Hey, man. <laughs> hey, he's used to bad offensive football. I'm used to bad offensive football. I'm used to good defensive football. That's why I can sit here and talk about it all day. Yeah, he's too young to remember Curtis Martin, so no. He was a beast. You know what the highlight of my Jets' lifetime was? Sanchez taking you to back. Sanchez AFC taking us to back-to-back <laughs> AFC championships. That's how that low is the a bar. Sad is. life. Brett Favre was a quarterback for the New York Jets for a cup of coffee. A sad life. Threw the entire season away, went to Minnesota to piss off the Green Bay Packers, and I sat there in misery while we went through Christian Hackenberg, Kellen Clemens. I I, I there's a lit. Bryce Petty. Bryce Petty.
1: Christian Hackenberg is the worst quarterback of all time. I right, uh, Did you watch Bryce Petty? He's worse. He's Nathan worse. Nathan
3: Peterman. No, no. no. Oh, mm.
1: Nathan Peterman is the worst. All right, we got to get a break in. We'll come back. We will talk about guys and players we want to see going forward. Four games left. Do we see any personnel changes? Do we see any new faces? We'll talk about that. We'll also continue to take your questions as well. This is Hoist the Colors on a Tuesday. We'll be right back.
3: What's happening, man? What's happening?
0: Tell me. Every ECU fans, one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Steven I Go on 943 the game. Welcome back in.
2: Tuesday, Halloween edition.
1: What are you dressing up as this year, Joe?
2: I went as Travis Kelsey.
1: That's real original.
2: My brother went as Jason Kelsey, so at least there was some kind of play into it. Okay. And then my girlfriend was Taylor Swift, <laughs> so there.
1: Yeah. Uh Philip, do you have a
2: costume for this year?
3: No, I don't. I'm kinda of at that age where like I'm too old to go to the college parties but I don't have kids yet of my own. So
2: But here's what that's you do. Holton did it the other day. Alright, what'd he do? Ref jersey backwards, walking cane, black sunglasses, American Conference patch. You're that's an A C ref that's good.
3: Tell Holton I, I like his costume, but That is really good. Yeah, I'm just I mean, I'm I'm not doing anything special tonight. Like uh you know, Morgan does his trivia at tiebreakers on Tuesdays, so he and my friends yeah. are going to that. So
2: what's your I trivia name? What's, what's your We've been—they've
3: been—they've been changing it up in that one. Uh, when we go on Wednesday nights to uh, the sports trivia at AJ McMurphy's, though, mm. with the Coneheads, which is not mm. from the movie, it's from the third line or the second line of the USA hockey team, which they got it from the movie. So I guess it's kind of from the movie, but uh, yeah, it's our tribute to Team USA's <laughs> 1980 hockey team.
1: All right. Nice. I'm going as uh, Steve from Blues Clues, the original Steve, because my children, one of them dressing up as blue, and the other one is uh, going as magenta. So oh, there you look go. At that. Perfect. You even got time. the name.
2: Yep. And I, uh, I will need a photo of you in the green we, sweater, though. We will do that. Because that's got to be the new photo. 100% oh, thumbnail.
1: off Amazon. It's ready to go. It's probably a little wrinkly because I haven't taken it out of the package, but. Just. We'll roll with it. I got yeah. my handy-dandy notebook as well. <laughs>
2: there you go. Do you have a thinking chair?
1: I need to find one, Because I,
2: I had a thinking chair up until I was like eight.
1: You really had a thinking I chair? I
2: really had a thinking chair. I'll, I'll have to find a photo. Yeah. We, we had a thinking chair in my house until we were. I was like eight. My yeah, brother, brother would have been like six.
3: Blue's Clues was my favorite TV show when I was a kid. My, I think it was my first or second. My second birthday was Blue's Clues themed. And my parents said, "Uh, I like, you know, word I can't say on, you know, Air blue for two weeks. I never changed my diaper. We'll just put it that way. It was blue. All right.
1: Fair enough. Well
2: play the blues clue song on the outro. We might,
1: we might need to do that. All right. Couple things here. Thick Poppy wants to know what's the update on Ry Rod Dilworth. Uh he is week to week. He missed the get U T S A game with an injury. Yeah. We'll see if he's back we, this week.
2: We can try and get an answer today. We can try. I, I doubt.
1: Coach Houston isn't gonna discuss injuries and no mandated injury report. I get this question often, so we kind of put context clues together. Yeah. My favorite thing is just saying week-to-week. Week. If I if I know a guy's not out for the season, I'm like, he's week-to-week. Week.
2: That's the same answer you're going to get from Coach Houston. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's really what it is.
2: We asked about uh, Javius last week, and I was like, well, you know, he's day-to-day, week-to-week. Right. We're not sure.
1: <laughs> day-to-day, week-to-week, Which, month-to-month.
2: Yeah, you know, just one game at a time. All right. All right, Mike.
1: So, players we want to see more of in the final games – we got a few comments here. William says, I want to see Camaro Edmonds and Walter Stribling get some snaps down the stretch. Thick Poppy wants to see Keelan Robinson and Ryan King at receiver. And Chuck wants to see Gerald Green from Georgia Southern. All fair answers. I guess we'll do this going position by position and just see if anybody jumps to mind. So quarterback, Raheem Jeter, I think is yeah. is kind of the question. When, when do don't we think, see Raheem? I
2: don't think you see him this week. If he, here's the thing people need to realize. He has four games before he loses his red shirt. And he's already he's played, played Gardner one. Gardner-Webb. We've got four left. If he plays in all four, it's five. If he loses his shirt, you lose a whole year of eligibility after only playing what could be a handful of snaps in the next four games. If you sit him out this week against Tulane, ranked opponent, which a lot of guys are going to be fired up for that, even though the season is not to say lost, but essentially lost, you get a chance to knock off Tulane.
1: It's their bowl game, is what I said yesterday. this,
2: This is essentially ECU's bowl game. Now, you get a chance to knock off Tulane, and then you get a chance to knock off Navy on their senior night, and you can hang your hat with three wins at the end of the season. It wasn't the best season, but at least you have those three to build off and hang your hat on. Here's where the Raheem Jeter wild card gets messy. Do you play him this week against Tulane to try and get him real experience, or do you roll him out against Navy in Annapolis on senior night, which could Tulsa. be his first time seeing Navy as Navy with their defense that gave our fifth-year quarterback last year, Holt Nailer, some trouble with coverages and clouds.
1: Tulsa is where I break. I think he goes to
2: Tulsa for sure, but I also think you could play him at FAU. You could play
1: him at FAU. I think those are your two – two, maybe a spot. You know, If you want to use him in a spot at Navy yeah. or even against Tulane, you could you do that You could put as him well. in a
2: package. There's no – Here's where you really get fun. Now that you have all these opportunities, Raheem Jeter goes, lines up at receiver. Flynn's at quarterback, and you put Mason Garcia and an H-back in the backfield. you got three quarterbacks on the field at once. Who's getting the ball? Who's throwing the ball? As long as it's behind the line of scrimmage, it can be a double pass.
1: Joe, we're eight games in. I haven't seen a single trick play for a 1-7 team. What are we doing?
2: I, I don't know. They don't have me.
1: I mean, I'm just just like, Um, there's nothing to lose. I I
2: think it's one of those things where normally your trick plays go to the guys that you have the most trust in. Sneed throwing it last year. Uh, Holt Nailers ran the route and caught one of them. I mean, it it just seems like they don't have – Keaton Mitchell's down there somewhere was last year's motto. Um, And you just don't have that this year, and especially with Bond out. I think Bond would have been the candidate for the double reverse or trick play as far as that goes, or the double reverse pass where he goes on a wheel route and you can just have Josiah throw it as far as he can. Um, But it just hasn't hasn't materialized. And when you're not getting the offense to where it needs to go, you can't go the trick route because nobody's biting on it.
1: Right, because nobody's biting on the – jet sweep to begin with, because you don't run it very well, then it's hard to run a trick play off right, of it. yeah. So, it is what it is. It
2: has nothing to do with me. I'm sorry, people.
1: <clears throat> running back with Javius Bond out, we saw more Gerald Green. I think everybody wants to see more of him after mm-hmm. last game. You know, Camaro is a popular answer. So, I feel like you could go anybody at running back.
2: Yeah, we saw a lot of Gun too, which was a lot more than I was anticipating. And, obviously, beginning of the year was very high on how he runs. But I think the way... The offense is built this year. He's a huge building block as far as how he runs and the way he gets downfield. And he doesn't try to get lateral, or he tries to get lateral. He doesn't try to get vertical because he's trying to stretch the play. But he can still hit on the inside. He's not just running into contact, except for when he played Campbell. But that's just, he's the downhill guy. And Rajay tries to dance a little bit and get upfield. But I think that Marlin has a better feel for running outside or inside and like choosing and making up his mind.
3: I just want to see who's going to emerge to be next year where we can have a 1A and a 1B like we did a year Mm. ago. You know Raj is going to be one of those guys. So I think it's like right now it's hard to answer one of the next four guys. It's just let's see some guy prove he can be that guy drive in and drive out.
2: I think it's also got to be Bond coming back because he's a huge – not question mark, but like he's a huge – Uh, Question block, I guess is the best way to put it, because there's so many different questions to try and answer. Question block, I like that. Can he be the spot guy? Can he be the slot guy? Can he be the speed back? Can he be the power back? Uh, How's his spring going to progress? How's his hamstring? Are all these things going to play into a factor later on down the line? There's so many questions for Bond that would determine if he's 1A or 1B next year.
1: I'm still in question block. I like that. Question block is question mark.
2: Put that in your news block.
1: All right, Put in the notebook. Let me write it down real quick. I should have brought my handy-dandy notebook. Should have brought the handy-dandy notebook. Uh, wide receiver. I look. I've been on the. I want to see Josh Murphy. We still haven't seen him really get any reps. The Murph man. I see him make plays in practice all the time. In terms of like contested balls,
2: Coach Scott used to call him the Murph man because like the milkman, he always delivers.
1: He delivers, man. He's just he's just that guy. I mean, he he can hold, he can catch. Coach what can Murph. he not do?
2: Uh, so, I want to see him. I do want to see more Keelan Robinson. Uh, yeah. And a uh, rolled out a lot of different guys against UTSA, that yep. I think should get a lot more burn. I mean, Ryan King hasn't been what you were expecting, but this is a good time to yeah see if you can. he had a holding penalty yeah. on the
1: kickoff return or blocking the back. So, I don't but know.
2: At some point, you just kind of have to throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Uh, Brock Spalding saw a little bit mm-hmm. more of him as well. Jalen Johnson's returning to form, which is unfortunate, saying. What will be game nine of the season when you're eliminated from bowl contention, but that that's at least something.
1: Tight end with Shane out for the year. We saw DeSirio start. He played more than forty snaps. Coach Houston mm-hmm. said he was very nervous getting plays called basically <laughs> to go to him. So uh this is a guy oh, who was playing Desirio. like edge rusher and you know, some quarterback in high school last year, so he's still figuring out what he's trying to do at tight end, but hey. You know, we could see more Savage as well than on the stretch yeah, here. Yeah, could,
2: could see more Savage. Um, you know, Ferguson. You, I think is close. Yeah, to Yeah, that's what you have to try and think about. Was Ferguson? Mm-hmm. Is Ferguson close now? Are they going to expedite his time frame now that Calhoun is out? That you need those guys because you need to go twelve personnel against the team like Tulane because of how they run. I don't want to get nerdy. They run the cover three. They put three guys in the back end, so you're going to have less people in the box. So if you can stack it, you can run the ball a little more. So I, I think it would be Savage at H, and then they put Riles at Y.
1: The offensive line we've seen some guys worked in. Ryan Beckman played against Charlotte, but yes. did not play against UTSA.
2: Played the whole second half against Charlotte.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know Isaiah Foote has played more the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know he, he seems to be getting back into you know better condition coming off his surgery. So I think he's a guy we could see more of. Uh, we talked about Richard Pierce. Somebody says any literally anybody else at left tackle. Well, here's the thing. All right, so Parker Moore is he's a right tackle. He's
2: right tackle through and through. And, He'd be the first to tell you that.
1: And they put him at left tackle this year because really they don't have another left tackle.
2: Yeah, I I don't know who you would trust more, and especially because we didn't know how Owen Murphy was going to play out with his knee, mm-hmm. and one he came back was different than what they anticipated. You can't go into the season without a left tackle.
3: Well, and I think the reason why they chose Parker of all people was because. You know, he protected Holton's blind side. Mm -hmm. He was pretty much playing left tackle from that side, from the right side. But the issue is, you know, so he's got the mental side (coughs) of, you know, being being not usually having tight end help, playing on Mm -hmm. the weak side, going against the best pass rusher. The issue is it's a total different skill set stepping with the other foot, and I think that's been his transition issue. But as far as what it takes – you know, the hard of changing from one side to the other. I think he's got that between the ears. It's just – it's really hard when you've, you know, kicked with your right foot and pushed with your left your whole life to switch.
2: It really is. It's just true body mechanics. I mean, if you've never kicked slid with your left foot before, it's a completely different experience and how you're punching and where your hands line up and, and get off and all that and how you're looking at the ball from the other side. is its own problem.
1: So go out and buy a left tackle this off season and then – then you can put Mark Parker Moore back at a right tackle, and he's played right guard. So that's that's what I would do if I had the money. I'd
2: I say with what with what money? Yeah, I mean, that's my question.
1: That's why we're gonna get Team Boneyard. Uh, Team Boneyard, get your checkbooks out. Put gonna, the graphic up. We're gonna get those guys. We're, we're trying to get Lance Clark, who is uh, part of the Clark family who's got some uh, funds he can maybe designate. But we're trying to get him on the show.
2: Thank you for all your donations, Mr. Clark.
1: He's a Team Boneyard uh, board member. We're trying to get him on the show soon to kind of talk about the importance. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll talk defense. Defensive players we want to see more of. Sam Danka. We'll talk about that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Tuesday.
0: Everything you need to know in the world of ECU Athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Steven Igo on 943 the game. All
1: right, welcome back. Joe, show me a practice clip in the break. Won't name any names, but uh ferocious edge rusher, hey, Sampson. I did it all. Just not in games, baby. Rocking the number 61. I mean, he he went against this uh he went against an offensive tackle and it was just uh I mean, it was poetry in motion.
2: Man against boys.
1: It, that's what it looked Man like. Man against the boys. It was a great move. A great great pressure from uh, Joe Sampson. And speaking of pass rushers, let's, let's talk defense. We're kind of talking about players here. We could see more of or that we want to see more of over the final four games. And let's start. We, we just did offense. Let's do defense now. And to be honest, when I look at the defensive front, I mean, everybody's already yeah. playing. So, there's, there's
2: not many. Like you can't sit here and be like, oh CJ Mims or David McIver. Like, they're they're both yeah. playing again. I mean But there is one name. Sam Danka. Sam Danka. <laughs> I he is
1: I need to look up how many snaps he Sam Danka. All played. of six
2: foot six. He's twitchy. He's lengthy. He had he goes in for one pass rush series against Rice, backed up, deflects the ball forces a fumble, which they jump back on, and then gets a huge pressure to make them punt it away, backed up.
1: He's played 47 snaps through eight games defensively, and he played 18 snaps against Gardner-Webb, 16 versus Rice, and then basically four or less snaps in every other game. So, you know, he stuck my Jeremy Lewis and Jack Powers, which is a big part of this. <clears throat> They've tried to get him on the field some more, but – you know, it's just one of those things where those guys are older. Dankus' time is coming. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind seeing Eric Doctor play a little bit of defensive end as well, yeah. but you know, you got Chad Stevens, JD Lampley. Defensive tackle, I mean, we, we see them all at this I point. I don't know who hasn't played yeah, this I point. Mean, tackle. Uh, Deontay Johnson, probably just balling out. He's Monster. Kicking, kicking guys' butt right now. Kicking tail. Uh, you know, Elijah Morris. Uh, Surad Ware, CJ Mims, Mims, Xavier McIver, Shuford, Shuford, McIver. So, I mean, all those guys yeah. are playing.
2: You're, you're rotating six guys at D tackle You don't have a depth problem. Yeah.
1: So, uh, linebacker, we've seen a lot of Taylor Jackson. We've seen a lot of Mike Edwards. And, uh, you know, Zakai Barker yeah. was, was a little banged up last game, but he's the guy I think we might could see down the stretch. A couple of freshmen, the red shirt and DJ Johnson – And Julian Davis and Greg Turner. We could maybe see those guys on special teams from what I'm hearing these last few games. Because, Joe, as you get more guys banged up, Mm. specifically at safety and linebacker, I think that's when you start seeing some of those guys slotted in on like kickoff coverage and that sort of deal. Because you got to try and
2: save your safeties and your DBs. I mean, those guys are running miles a game. And I'm not using that as a euphemism. I mean, we wore the catapults and. I think it might have been 2021 Malik ran 3.2 miles, they said, total in one of the games. Um, So it's not like they're sitting back and playing in coverage and not filling the void and they can run all these different core four snaps, which is the four main special teams plays. So you have to go to the young guys. Okay, well, you've been playing kickoff in practice. We have to get you out there. You've been playing kickoff return at the fullback. We got to get you out there on, on punt. Can we save one of these guys on the edge by putting a D end instead of having him trying to play on the edge to try and force a punt. And that's that's where this part of the season really comes through. And when you get to this part of the season, normally you're trying to get young guys reps so you can have depth down the line where if you need a spell, you can trust these younger guys that you've been building up. But now the way that the program's kind of facing, you have to get young guys experience to build them, to have them for the future.
1: Michael Jones says the only answer really is Sam Danka. Powers and Lewis are gone after this year and there's no bowl. There's no reason he shouldn't get the majority of the reps the rest of the season, is kind of what he says. So.
2: I get what you're saying, Michael. I understand. But also, Jeremy Lewis and Jack Powers are nearing their last days as a pirate. You can't take away their snaps just because of that. I mean, you're, he, you that, still that have –
1: crush the locker room, too. You yeah, just can't do that.
2: destroys the locker room. All of a sudden, you're turning to youth. This isn't the NFL where, like, the Broncos can go out and go, okay, we're only playing the young guys from here on out to see how that plays out. Like this, there, I, I
1: think you can work – yeah, you can in work in Dank more.
2: in more, but you can't give him the majority and be like, hey, Jeremy, I know you're trying to go to the league here. But <laughs> We're going to bench you. Go it's sit like, on the bench for me real quick.
1: That's just not, you know. No, and you
2: lose, you'd lose, you lose the locker room. I mean, these guys have been playing for each other. Like, you only get so many in Dowdy, and, and that's what you're thinking about. They only have two more in Dowdy. And that's so. the,
1: like, you know, even if you do that the Lewis and Powers, that's going to affect. Your D-line, like, yeah, well, Elijah Moore, like all those guys are What boys. message does that send? So you can't, eat, so you can't, you can't, can't do, do it that.
2: that way. I understand what you're saying where you'd want more out of Danka, and I and we do, you too. Need, I mean, we've been you calling want for more reps. We stood there week two <clears throat> post-Michigan, and we said, when is Sam Danka getting burned at defensive end? And yeah. Coach was like, you know, it's it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> uh, they played Marshall. We were like, longer guys, is this the chance we see that it's coming? We went to Rice. We asked him verbatim. We are like, is this a Sam Danka and B.J. King – or B.J. Davis, run. Like, is this one of those times? And he was like, well, it's coming. So and We're
1: still waiting. We're still waiting.
2: <laughs> but I, I understand. Play Sam Danka in right. football games.
1: Uh, safety. We talked about Tegan and Omar Rodgers being banged up. And so, you know, I, I've heard Javian Clark is a freshman mm-hmm. who's going to play some special teams. Greg Turner is a guy who's playing that Sam position behind you know, Kingston, McKinstry, uh, yeah. Ra Ra Dilworth, so you could see a little bit more of him down the stretch. Uh, Kamari McKinley's a freshman that they really like. He mm. can play some special teams. Um, Ty Devin Moss. King. Ty Moss, Devin, Devin King. Devin King, Ty Moss. I want to see more of those guys as well.
2: Yeah, answers within the program. I mean, these are guys that have been in the system now for – Three years, and even though Ty Moss is a converted quarterback and Devin King came over from Marshall, I mean, these are still guys who now have experience and have played in big moments, and this is who you turn to. This is when you figure out who can replace Julius Wood at the free safety, because right now he's playing boundary. I mean, you want him to be into the field. You can put somebody in the boundary and kind of save that role. Who do you want to replace him? Who are you looking to next year when Julius Wood is no longer in a pirate uniform? Who is going to be your starting safety?
1: Cornerback. We we're already seeing Antoine Jackson, who's seventeen, play a lot. So like, mm. you know, every rep he gets is, is yeah, crucial. It's crucial. That's um, development. Clearly, going to have to pay him and Siobhan Rebel. I think to keep them here. I mean, the the way they're playing right now, or uh, excuse me, Savan, Savan, Savan Rebel. Savon Rebel. Which is just uh, mind-boggling. Dalen Diston's a young corner they like. We haven't seen a lot of Tymeer Brown recently, the UNC transfer. Maybe he gets more in the mix, and also IBM has been playing a lot. So they're already pretty young at corner, I feel like. You you can't do so much.
2: It was a room that when Ellis, before he left, talked about how he loved the youth of the room, and it was a chance to kind of mold everybody and obviously different Different situations turn into different departures, and and all those things. So I don't fault him by any means. But he loved the talent and the young mindset of the room, and how he could kind of mold that. There was no set guy; everybody was hungry and and ready to fight before he said he would left. And I'm sure Coach Mo is now experiencing the same thing with just how young they are and the hunger.
1: Looking at the Pro Football Focus rankings, the highest graded player for ECU through a game, Savon Rebel or Rebel. Antoine Jackson, the third-highest-graded defensive player among regulars. So you're, His, uh, you're two corners.
2: PFF Team of the Week for
1: – Yeah, PFF Team of the Week as well for this week. For- so those guys have a chance to be really good. Hopefully the Pirates can keep them, keep them here uh, this offseason. We'll talk about that uh, throughout the remainder of the season as well. All right, let's get our final break in. we got a question about why we think the offense improved because they only scored 13 points. Yeah. Uh, and the last touchdown was in garbage time. We'll, we'll address that and more on the other side.
0: This is Hoist the Colors on a Tuesday. We're live with Steven Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger. Now, back to Hoist the Colors. Welcome back.
1: Hoist the Colors, two minutes left. We are re watching on Twitter. Eight years ago today. Miami. Don't tell Philip. Beat the Duke Blue Devils oh on the eight lateral kick return on the final play. Was that one player down?
2: He's down three times. We we can go back. I wish I had to tell a telestrator. He's down like three different times. On, on the second one, they throw back across. He's down when he tries to throw it back. It's a forward pass when he's running on the left or the right side of the field to throw it to the left. Right. And then on the other one, before he flips it behind his head, he's down again. And they go back and they show it the next day. On Scott Van he's like bad beats.
3: Yo, he was down three times. Here's here's the thing that ticked me off the most. I was at the game.
2: You were at the game? Yes. All 12 people. They
3: threw a penalty for a block in the back.
2: Yeah, we're seeing that now.
3: And then had the heart to come out and say, after review, you can't review freaking penalties. He said, after review, the block in question was from the side. And after I looked at the replay, heck no, it wasn't. And you cannot review a
1: block in the back. He's. Down
2: three times. He's
3: down three times. There were five extra players and two coaches that
1: ran on the field during the
2: play. That's a hold.
1: Was this the one that was the block in the back?
2: That's a block in the back. That's a blind side. They'd say that's a side. Hey,
1: I mean, man,
3: that was the you know worst. What? I mean, I felt like the kid from the Michigan-Michigan State game. Remember the kid from Michigan's, like, with his hands. I was like, oh Yeah, that Surrender, was me. Cobra. I, like, we stood there, like, in disbelief for another, like, 20 minutes. But you minutes can't and just review didn't penalties. The- you so can't review exactly.
2: penalties, and you can't end <laughs> but they the review game penalty. on a penalty. So yeah. if they call the penalty, you have to, by <laughs> rule, re-kick it, unless it's no. declined by the other team. I no, it would be a pen- it, would be, it was an end, offensive penalty. You can't end it on a penalty. You can end it on
3: an offensive penalty. Just not a defensive penalty.
1: Look, I mean, if you are do, just... Special teams. Don't give up a... The team with the ball. Kick return.
2: Is pen- that the college rule? Yeah, you can, you can end the game. NFL, you can't end on the penalty. Yeah, you can. They passed the rule after. Um, oh, they changed it. Yeah, after the Ravens uh, held the guy on uh, the punt against the Bengals. Gotcha. Wasted fourteen seconds. Yeah,
3: but I, I don't know. So the point is, they reviewed a penalty. It was cheap. They should have never lost the game. And uh, it was the worst Halloween of my life. Luckily, the Panthers had a good year that year. This was twenty fifteen. And they um, lost to who in the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know what we weren't talking to you I, hey you know what? i deserve that i i gave i was giving you crap the other day on bush light pirate game day countdown on so. the bush light pirate game day
1: countdown uh matt wants to know i don't understand why we think our offense is doing better when we scored 13 points on offense the last touchdown was in garbage time
2: well matt let me put it to you this way if you totaled your car tomorrow when you were driving some 2002 toyota camry that had 5,636,000 miles on it on top of that would it be an improvement Sorry.
1: If you were drive. <laughs> if if you Wait. could
2: drive any car after your car gets totaled. Yeah. It's an improvement.
1: What we're saying is, look, the standard was low, and they improved on the standard for this year.
2: Yeah. We're we're not looking at the pirates of old. This is this year in the year of our Lord, 2023.
1: They had 127 yards against Charlotte, and they had 360 something against UTSA. They threw the ball down the field. They caught the football. They blocked better. They ran the football at times.
2: They scored more than twenty points. That wasn't. They had a receiver catch
1: a touchdown. We're not saying the offense is back. We're not saying they're here.
2: No. We're just saying, We're just saying
1: they improved. It's just a factual <laughs> statement. Um, look, I get it. The offense is still bad. It still needs addressing. It will be addressed. You could say, should it be
2: addressed now, like at Iowa? Yeah. Well. The Iowa comes out and says Brian Ferentz will not return. They're 6-2. and two. I mean, it's a fair argument. I get it.
1: It's a we, fair question. We've asked the question. I've asked Mike Houston twice this year. Do you consider making an offensive play calling Somebody change?
2: will probably ask it again today. The and answer will most likely be the same.
1: He has said he's – at this time, it's not the answer. So, I, I think eventually there will be a change made given the season. But it is what it is. Uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Joe, I've said from yesterday – This two lane game is ECU's bowl game. If you win it, you can. I don't know if you can save the season because it's gone, really, but you can salvage. You can build on it for next
2: year for sure. I mean, you can kind of put it at and say, okay, this is what we did well. We're trending in the right direction. We like, yeah, obviously, we didn't win what we wanted to win, but we still had a team that could go in, compete, and battle. And that's at least something to kind of tell the people you're recruiting in the portal now with NIL. You have to have some sort of film now as coaches to put out there to bring new players in.
1: Need a W this Saturday will be a good one to get. All right, Joe, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Philip, thanks for chiming in, as always. Sorry to your 2015 Panthers.
3: No, it's all good. Hey, I was just thinking and about it. A few, only a week later after that terrible Duke game, I made my national television debut. That's a story I need to tell you guys. I don't all right, like I'll we'll have to that.
1: hear that next time. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Appreciate everybody tuned in. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12 noon. This has been Hoist of Colors.
0: This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 94.3thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game.